Uh, there's no point having an incredibly um, powerful um, uh, technology capability if actually there's no empathy, no humanity in the way it's presented to the people who are going to engage with it. I like to use the analogy of uh, a Formula One racing car team you know, who race one weekend, uh, get gather a huge amount of data, they go back to their base, they take the car apart, they put it back together again, they look at all the data and they go out and they race the next weekend with a higher level of performance than the weekend before. It's definitely a world of opportunity, but it will be a world of opportunity for those that are equipped to take advantage of it. And the more that we can get ahead of that curve and help people to ready themselves for this picture, the better. I'm Paul Michaelman, and this is MIT Sloan Management Review's Three Big Points. In each episode, we take on one topic that leaders need to be on top of right now and leave you with three key takeaways for you and your organization. We love data. We love innovation, the world changers, the mind blowers. We love ideas, impossible ideas, big, impossible, crazy as a loon ideas. We love falling down and getting back up and accepting our mistakes and moving on. We love it all. With love, Cloudera. Automation, artificial intelligence, the internet of things, blockchain, 5G, the list of new technologies that could transform, already are transforming, your business feels endless. And with these new technologies, a new corporate narrative is emerging amongst leaders. There's been a story of digital reinvention, what I would call outside-in reinvention, as they've tried to leverage the power of the net uh, and other connected technologies to allow them to engage with customers in a different way. That's Mark Foster, Senior Vice President for IBM Services and IBM Global Business Services. He says that there are both opportunities and challenges that come with the dramatically changing environment we're encountering, where individual technologies themselves have transformative potential and are also combining to have exponential impacts. It's an opportunity to leverage these new technologies to really change the way you organize your business to really redefine your strategic advantage and your competitive advantage. But it is also an opportunity to be swamped by the chaos of a thousand shiny objects as each team tries to imagine what it could do with these technologies. The challenge, Foster argues, is to find coherence in this digital chaos. He says there's a way to not only let these technologies change your business from the outside in, but to leverage the data you have inside the company to transform from the inside out. Foster works frequently with CEOs to understand what kind of big bets they are placing in their companies. And he says that a number of leaders are betting on using digital to create market-making platforms. And the most ambitious don't stop there. These CEOs are really rethinking what their companies are going to be famous for. But some are imagining that they could actually play a different role in their industry. Uh, they could actually play a part as a platform upon which other players in the industry could leverage some of these capabilities. And others, indeed, think they could spread the, you know, the impact of these platforms across different industry sectors. 
One example, a fertilizer company in Northern Europe called Yara. Who have an aspiration to be you know, the European farming and agronomic data providers uh, and how they're shifting their focus from an organization that ships fertilizer every few weeks to farmers to one that's pervasively now embedded in the, in the, life, the lifestyle and, and the work of a farming community, uh, engaging with them on everything from the weather. And there are now you know, 280,000 farmers who are looking at Yara weather every day through to financial services products, through to um, you know, different components they can provide around the supply chains they serve, et cetera. Uh, and, so some, and also some very interesting ideas about how they can promote sustainable um, food supply through that. And Foster has even seen incumbents, even the ones often perceived as the worst lumbering giants, going this route. If you are able to leverage that data and you are able to use these technologies to reinvent the way you do things, actually there's no reason why you can't parlay your scale, your channel, your brand power to do a lot more. And I think we do see a confidence, frankly, in the CEOs that are the, their destiny is much more in their hands rather than being reactive and responsive to a, to a series of disruptive players coming from outside. Foster calls this kind of company a cognitive enterprise of the future. It's defined by a few things. First of all, this really clear focus on the market-making platforms to be really clear about what it is that you want to be famous for and to, to redirect your efforts and your investments to around the transformation of those platforms. The second area is going to be the, the workflows, the intelligent workflows, as we call it, that are going to be used to bring the technology to life, to leverage the data, uh, and to transform the efficiency and the effectiveness of the, of the workflows and the processes that we have uh, in our business. And, and then the final component we talk about is the ability to bring uh, enterprise experience and humanity to all of this. One of the key enablers here is the ability to understand what people, customers and employees alike, want and expect. The thing to recognize uh, more and more is that people are expecting an experience like we use for buying something uh, over the web to be the way you know, our jobs are being done. So as, as, a, as a, someone designing a workflow, you need to be really thinking about the fact that it's intuitive uh, and that it really understands how people are going to interact with that, with that process. Foster talks about intelligent workflows. Well, that's all about changing the game on critical business processes with smart technology. So it could be claims processing for an insurance company. It could be merchandising for a retailer. It could be your core payments workflow for a bank. Whatever it may be, if you use technology to completely change the way that workflow operates. We are now able to take a process we've been doing for years that maybe has taken as many, many large numbers of people or whole teams of people engaging in um, mundane activities. And by applying artificial intelligence at scale, automation at scale, using IoT sensors, that all these things have the potential to be a, a, a real differentiator for a, a workflow. And you heard him right a few minutes back. In this conversation about technology, humanity is vital. There's no point having an incredibly um, powerful um, uh, technology capability if actually there's no empathy, no humanity in the way it's presented to the people who are going to engage with it. And so to some extent, you know, we really are thinking about now what that means for the, you know, the humanity of our workflows uh, as we think about bringing them to life. The path toward the cognitive enterprise is not just about bringing together new technologies and combining them to scale their impact. 
It also means identifying and developing the skills in our people to make these transformations happen. And that's a lot easier said than done. You know, the life cycle of a, of a skill is going to go down. Uh, as people uh, uh, interact with these technology going forward, we're going to have to make sure that the people are learning as fast, if not faster. Just like the technology itself, we are all going to have to keep adapting and keep getting smarter as individuals and as organizations. I like to use the analogy of uh, a Formula One racing car team you know, who race one weekend, uh, get, gather a huge amount of data, they go back to their base, they take the car apart, they put it back together again, they look at all the data and they go out and they race the next weekend with a higher level of performance than the weekend before. That's the way our organizations have to think about the speed of skills building, reskilling, bringing new people on board to make sure that we're you know, moving as fast as the technology is transforming the workflows in our organization. That's a big challenge. Technology is important. Employees are important. Thinking about customers is important. But perhaps, given the profound changes our organizations face, leadership may be most important of all. As a leader, you need to be much more than simply tech savvy. You need to actually have enough of a grasp of, a con of the content of this technology and its ability to transform your organization to be able to be a, a, you know, a positive exponent for the transformation you're driving through that technology. Uh, and that means you know, being able to be confident about why the impact is going to be positive, how it drives to the business intent that you're shaping, and being able to drive that you know, top-down through your organization. But alongside that kind of clarity of vision and North Star comes an ability and a desire to let go, to let that vision you know, go out into your organization. When all of those ingredients come together in the right way, the idea of the cognitive company moves from a distant aspiration to a very real strategy. There's going to be a whole new series of winners and losers in this world based upon those that are able to truly seize the power of these technologies and those that are not. I think if we paint that picture further forward, though, we can also paint a picture of the role that these organizations are playing in society. There's going to be an opportunity for an even closer relationship, and even better experiences for all those who engage with businesses and work in businesses, which I think is going to be a really important opportunity for the future. I think we are also going to have to make sure that we are proactive around what this means, though, for the education systems, the skills agenda, and everything else that we believe is important to make sure that people are as ready as possible for this world that we're painting, because it's definitely a world of opportunity, but it'll be a world of opportunity for those that are equipped to take advantage of it. And the more that we can get ahead of that curve and help people to ready themselves for this picture, the better. That's Mark Foster, Senior Vice President, IBM Services and IBM Global Business Services. And with that, time to wrap it up with our three big points. Number one, identify the value you intend to create and grow. We need to make sure that we are really focusing on where the biggest value pools are in our workflows and ensuring that we use the combined impact of these different technologies to go after that value. Number two, our ability to create that value lies in combining the power of new technologies with our own human capabilities and to adapt together. The second big point is to focus on the fact that this is going to be about a combined impact of the technology and the people who are leveraging that technology. And, and we need to make sure that both sides are mutually adaptive 
uh, to that world that's evolving in front of them around the process they're trying to optimize. And number three, nothing works without accurate, well-curated and unbiased data. And finally, I want to talk about the importance of the data, the importance of curating the data to make sure that we really understand uh, there's no bias in the data, we understand its accuracy, we understand therefore as it starts to drive more and more automated decision making through our organization and through our processes, that we're confident with the outcomes that are going to come from that. That's this week's Three Big Points. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are streamed. We will be deeply in your debt if you take a moment to rate our program or post a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Three Big Points is produced by Mary Dew, music by Matt Reed, marketing and audience development by Desiree Barry. Our coordinating producer is Mackenzie Wise.